0: Broadcasting live from the r and studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Ponsignor and Lincoln Kennedy. Raider Nation. Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. You're in the huddle with Vinny Monsignor brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Our thanks again to Jesse Merrick from Channel 3, uh, the NBC affiliate here in Las Vegas. Uh, Big day for the Raiders, obviously, re-signing safety Carl Joseph. And I think it was, again, uh, to reiterate, important on a couple of different levels. Uh, Number one, I think it um, helps stabilize the back end of that Raiders uh, secondary, you know, obviously um, there still could be a hole at free safety. We don't know exactly how Carl Joseph is going to be used. Um, But if the season were to start tomorrow, and thankfully it doesn't, you know, you'd have some confidence level or a higher level of confidence going into that game because, you know, if need be, Jonathan Abram plays one safety spot. Uh, Carl Joseph plays the other safety spot um you've still got jeff heath um dalen levitt is 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 on the roster um so you know you have you you you're, you're start, you're, you are start you would have starting safeties you would have uh, nfl <laughs> starting safeties uh to be able to run out there i don't think that it precludes the raiders from making another move in in the draft uh to bring in a um a, a, a free safety though
1: well, I'm gonna have to kick you you know what today
0: We're heading inside the tent with an injury update from the Las Vegas Raiders. That is right. And this is the time of uh, week where we go out to uh, my my good friends, the good doctors, uh, Dr. Robert O'Dell and Dr. Michael Moses uh, from the Neuropathy and Pain Center in Las Vegas. Um, We talk to them each week. Uh, It's one of my favorite parts uh, of the show and of this week because I get to learn. I try to learn. I don't know all the answers. Um, and in spite of everything that everyone thinks, neither does John Gruden. Like, trust me when I say that. Um, he doesn't have all the answers, and he tries to uh, seek out help. And that's what the Raiders are doing right now as they go about trying to rebuild this roster or, or inch closer uh, to the playoffs. But without further ado, I want to welcome in uh, Dr. Robert O'Dell and Dr. Michael Moses uh, from the Neuropathy and Pain Center in Las Vegas. How are you guys doing this week?
1: Doing great. Doing great.
0: Hi, Vinny. Good hearing from you. We're doing good. Absolutely. And I hear uh, Dr. Michael Moses that you're in town uh, now. Um, so uh, welcome uh, to Las Vegas. Uh, the weather was beautiful man. today. So uh, hopefully uh, you're getting a chance to enjoy uh, some of the uh, the great sunshine uh, and warmth uh, here. But welcome uh, to Las Vegas. And, Thank you, Vinny. You know, today yeah. was this yeah. week is kind of an important week. Uh, I'm not the biggest golf fan in the world, but I do like watching. When the best of the best uh, are performing and i love you know the pageantry and the history of, of certain tour- tournaments and this week obviously it's the masters tournament and um it's 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 going on as we speak uh it's a fun time if you're a golf fan or even if you're just a casual golf fan to watch greatness uh, out there but it got me thinking you guys uh, that with the with the sunshine coming and, and warmer weather and and uh, you know uh, the guys and girls are out there uh, on the golf courses playing tennis and now they're hitting the pools and swimming uh, and and I got to imagine that you know there's from your perspective uh, sometimes there's going to be some pain <laughs> that's involved whether you're cranking it back up after a while after a whole winter of uh, of, of very little activity uh, or a spe- specific type activities. Um, or you know, trying to rush into it, or in a big tournament, whatever the case might be, there there might be some residual effects in terms of the pain. Um, are, do you guys deal with that uh, this time of year when when the weather starts warming up and, and people get out and about a little bit more?
1: You do, Michael, more so than not. I do, right?
2: Yeah, the, yeah. The athletics, the athletics, the athletic injuries for sure mount up uh, this time of year. Especially, we see. Um, like you said, Vinny, a lot of tennis injuries with shoulders um, and elbows. Runners get the Achilles tendonitis and the shin splints and plantar fasciitis. I see the overhead athletes, the, uh, the tennis players, again, with shoulders. Um, the bikers with lower back injuries. So, yeah, it's, just, it's very busy in the office these days. Extremely busy, actually.
0: When I do uh, my my walk uh, in the mornings, uh, I, I I pass right by a, a tennis court um, here in here in Henderson. So you know, and for the longest, I wasn't hearing anything from those courts. And now I'm hearing the ball and the uh, the racket, and you know, the uh, just laughing and people enjoying themselves. And it's a beautiful sound uh, to me, especially after the year that we went through and things were closed and whatnot. Uh, but but, Dr. Moses, um, you know again, you, you don't want to bite off too much early on, so the, I'm sure that there are some precau- you know, precautions that people should take as they're kind of unwrapping themselves from the winter and starting to to get out there and, and play some of these more rigorous sports like tennis and, and you know uh, even golf can be a little bit taxing, uh, technique wise and all that. Any recommendations on on do's and don'ts uh, this time of year to kind of mitigate uh, some of those issues?
2: Well, for any athlete, for sure, there's a few For any athlete that runs, which is pretty much every athlete, you want to get the right shoe wear. You want to get fitted for the right shoes to make sure that they fit you. They're not too loose and they're not too tight. So, um, and to get the appropriate shoes for the appropriate surface. So you don't want regular running shoes if you're going to be doing, um, you know, trail running. And you don't want trail running shoes if you're going to be on the road. Tennis players, you don't want to be wearing basketball shoes if you're playing tennis. Um, uh, the same thing with, with golf and the same thing with tennis rackets, you want to find the right fit for your hand. Um, take, uh, tennis for instance, since you mentioned tennis, we see, uh, elbow injuries because they have, the uh, players have the wrong size racket for their hand. So either they're not gripping hard enough or they're gripping too hard, which causes the, um, tennis, the, the dreaded tennis elbow many times. So finding the right tools for the trade is, is absolutely the key, um, to start. And then the second thing that I always recommend is practice on the surface that you're going to be playing on. So if you're playing tennis and you're playing on clay or dirt, practice, run, stop, twist, turn. The same thing on on grass. If you're a football player, practice on artificial turf. If you're going to be primarily playing on that surface, those surfaces are different from, from grass practice playing a little bit in the rain if you're out of the area and, and, and you know it's going to rain so the different surfaces have a big big deal to do with injury prevention as well Vinny. we can go on and on with this but it's just the, the thing is that you want to get the right tools for the trade in my opinion
0: no qu- to start with yeah no question about it and i know in, in dr robert odell's um uh case uh you know when the, the basketball courts are open i know he's out there dunking on the 10-foot courts and doing the reverses and stuff like that um uh but you know, in, in talking to a guy like Dr. Odell and others who want to go out there and be LeBron James and All Stars and doing all the fancy stuff, any recommendations for Dr. Odell to kind of cool it a little bit on the court before you know and, and ease into it a little bit more? Yeah, I mean, that's... well,
2: with Dr. Odell's case for sure. Sorry, um, <laughs> I, I I think he I I I think he's in great shape. He looks great, man. He lost weight. He looks absolutely great right now for nice. seventy-four years old. But in his case, I would highly advise him to practice some jumping. If he's going to go playing basketball, just jump in the backyard. Assess himself. How does he feel? Put himself in front of a mirror. Have him jump in front of a mirror. What does he look like? Is he jumping in bad posture? Is he jumping in good posture? How does he feel? Just take a brief assessment. How do you feel running down the court? How do you feel squatting? How do you feel jumping? How do you feel lifting your arms over your head? Are there any aches or any pains that you need to address? before you go out there and participate in sports. Because wherever your weak weak link is, whether it's raising your arms over your head because your shoulder hurts, the next time you go for a rebound and somebody does some hard contact, you're gonna get a shoulder injury. So you're only as strong as your weakest link.
0: Well, uh, you know, in, in, uh, in, in, in reverence to uh, Dr. J, we'll call him Dr. O right now. Uh, Dr. O, don't, you know, I know you got to resist the urge to do the reverse dunks and all that. We know you can do it. You don't need to show off for all the girls that are out there. So just take it easy, Dr. O. Um, that would be uh, our <laughs> you know, I'm recommendation.
1: I and I never could dunk.
0: Oh, okay. All right. Full, full disclosure. Full disclosure. Then
1: that guy in the NBA that was 5'7? Oh, man.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah, that he put all of us uh, to shame uh, w- w- without right. question. I I'd had, had always play on the but 7 what? foot and 8 foot courts uh, to try to uh, mimic those guys, but um <laughs> but anyway, uh, Do- Dr. O- well, O'Dell, any, any, you any, you know, any thoughts on, on Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry.
2: I was going to say the effects of gravity are obviously stronger to some people than others. That's all. Don't feel there pain, is no question no
0: question <laughs> about that. <laughs> um, Dr. Odell, we wanted to talk I wanted to talk to you uh, you know for some of the things that you guys uh, offer uh, out at the uh, Las Vegas uh, the neuropathy and pains center of, of Las Vegas and you guys do tremendous work and I tell, you know, listeners all the time give them a call 702-257-7246 okay. um, You don't have to deal with pain. I don't care. And the doctor will tell you this. It doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are. Uh, And I know pain is an unfortunate aspect of life, but there's answers and there's remedies and there's things that the doctors can do to help. Uh, you don't have to grit your teeth and suck it up and be the tough guy or tough girl uh, and and just deal with it. Uh, we're past that time and uh, and, and the doctors uh, have great um, you know techniques and procedures and and resources and everything else um, uh, to help you out. So go, call them at 702-257-7246. But I wanted to talk um, uh, today, you guys, A couple of things that caught my eye on on your website. One was the uh, sacroiliac joint injection. Hopefully, I'm pronouncing that correctly. I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, Yeah.
1: That is a uh, source of about 20% of people with low back pain, and it usually is pain below L5 or below the belt. It's actually in the sacrum, and it's your butt that hurts, it's the Mm. buttock that hurts. And we we can diagnose, it used to be you could diagnose sacroiliac joint or SIJ pain very easily, but it was hard to treat. That is no longer true. We have some, once we make the diagnosis, we have several outstanding treatments, including burning the nerves that go to the SIJ, that are called lateral branches, or putting in a a peripheral uh, uh, nerve stimulator. I put two PNSs in yesterday at the surgery center in people's feet, and it's going to change their lives. It's going to take their foot pain away. And uh, uh, th- this can be done uh, uh, over the SIJ. It can be done over the iliac crest for uh, some forms of back pain. But for the sacroiliac joint itself, it's really fun now because it works so well uh, to treat them. You can't don't just have to look at them and say, well, you know, we know what you have, but we can't help you. So this is really one of my favorites. I, I haven't seen a lot of SIJ pain lately, and if you have it. You know, come on in. We we'd love to see you. Obviously, we do the conservative stuff first, including our synexis treatment, because you don't want to jump in with fancy stuff if the simple stuff will heal you. But um, it has really uh, 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 really improved the the welfare of of, of hundreds of thousands of people. So some of these newer techniques for treatment of S I J pain. Um, you can even actually put a little, uh, and we can do it even as interventionalists. We can put a little a uh, little, little plug in the middle of the SIJ and actually fuse the joint. You don't have to have those big lateral fusions, the surgeons do. This little plug will do it. And uh, that's also a lot of fun. And, it, you know, we have to meet certain criteria and everything, but but there's so many options now for SIJ pain, um, just like they are for my favorite joint, the knee. Um, I did a PRP, rich Plasma, that, like, this week on, on, on somebody's knee, and I did a, a PRP on a, a calcaneus uh, this morning on somebody and um, um, these are really nice because they really, really do work. Of course, the regenerative medicine adds the healing of, of the patient's body to what we're doing. Um, some of these other things are really not that, although they do work. We burn the nerves, you know, they, they, they're burned and they don't transmit the pain. But um, um, like I said, we, we have so many more uh, tools in our toolbox now. It's really making it fun.
0: Dr. O'Dell, uh, for somebody that's listening right now uh, that might have some back pain, uh, in, in, in this specific case, what should they be aware of and what, what type of pain are we talking about? What might cause it? it? It's,
1: it's in the buttock. It's in your butt, and it's below L5. L5 is your belt line, roughly. Roughly, if you feel your pelvic bone, it's a little bit below that. And it, it's, it, it, the pain above L5, regular low back pain, that's usually coming from a variety of other, uh, of other things. The the S I J sacroiliac joint pain that's the, that's that's a joint uh, uh, a very little movement in the joint it's it's below the uh, uh, you know the last uh, disc and it, it's a shame this isn't television I could show you on a on a model on a spine it'd be really easy but um, it, it's it's really pretty distinct now if it's if it if it if it's arthritis which it usually is it hurts more in the morning than until you get it moving. Uh, sometimes it hurts as the day goes on, depending on how active you are, but um, it can also send a pseudo-radiculopathy down your leg. It can, it can seem like it's disc disease going down your leg, and the way we uh, figure that out is just by doing a diagnostic block into the joint, and then the lateral nerves to the joint, and then we go from there, depending on the response, but it is, I would love to do more of these procedures, because I've seen them. In my clinic in Tennessee, I've done t- a, a lot of SIJ blocks, like seems like 20% of the patients, and we're just starting now to do some of these advanced procedures so that people don't have to keep coming back and have the steroid injections every two or three months, which is fine if you don't mind doing that, but but I just think uh, in in many cases this is a lot more elegant.
0: Well, there you have it. Uh, The doctor has spoken. Give him a call, 702-257-7246, if if what he's describing is something that you're dealing with, uh, and he'll be able to get you fixed up. The other um, procedure... Uh, that that caught my eye, was the, uh, and I'm hoping that I pronounce this correctly, stellate ganglion block, ganglion uh, block. That's the um, same
1: uh, for the neck as the lumbar sympathetic block is. It blocks a sympathetic nervous system in the in the arm, and it's indicated for people with chronic regional pain syndrome, as we discussed. So there's, and, and also if they have peripheral vascular disease, although vascular disease, diseases of the, uh, of the uh, uh, arteries and veins usually doesn't affect the arms as much as it does uh, the hands, uh, uh, the, uh, the legs, because uh, the vessels are, of course, are shorter. But uh, the cello ganglion block is, is in a very serious area of the neck, and I've, I've seen, I've done reviews on patients that have not done so well, so you really have to get somebody who knows what you're doing. With the ultrasound device, as opposed to the, uh, as opposed to the uh, uh, C-arm, I can actually place that needle right into the longest coli muscle, which is the muscle where the thing where where, where the uh, ganglion is. It's a collect collection of nerves that go, uh, you know, from the uh, actually from the uh, cranium, from the head down into the body. The sympathetic nervous system is the fight or flight system, and, and those nerves actually arise from the cranium and also from the sacral area whereas the parasympathetic nerves, the ones that help you digest and things like that, they arrive from the thoracic and the lumbar. It's kind of, kind of interesting how we're put together. But the stellate ganglion block has some uses. It also actually reminds me of a case I did a long time ago. I, I don't know if you know what Reynolds phenomena is. Raynaud's disease is when somebody goes out in the cold and, they're, and, they're, and their fingers start to really hurt, but only in the cold when they're we're at the sea level and, you know, warm weather is no problem. I had a lady that had that, and she came in for two or three weeks. We did the Synexis treatment on her, uh, and by gosh, she went out uh, up in the cold. She was a hiker. Didn't get it. Uh, and I, 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 some of the stuff that we do are both publishable, and we should also uh, uh, ad- advertise more for because if you know anybody with Renauds, come in for three weeks, we'll treat you, and I bet you dollars to donuts you're not going to have it again, at least for a while. Uh, it's, it's a lot of fun, and this treatment is totally non-invasive, no injections, just this advanced electromedical device used uh, uh, on the appropriate part of the body in this case it'd be the hands and the arms.
0: Well again, uh, the doctors have spoken, Uh, they're here to help. I can't stress that Uh, enough you can reach them at 702-257-7246 they're at the neuropathy and pain center here in las vegas dr robert odell dr michael moses you don't have to deal with pain Um, we all you know deal with it to some extent or form but too many of us uh, are trying to be john wayne and trying to gut it out uh, because that's what we're taught to do sometimes and told to do sometimes How about bruce
1: willis He's or Bruce guy.
0: Willis. There, <laughs> any, any tough guy that you want to uh, that you want to mention, uh, but uh, the toughest of them all understand when they need help, and and the toughest of them all also are smart enough to realize there is help and it's cost effective. And I just it's right uh, I just want to add one thing finger. I
1: learned today from a patient. I occasionally get attacks of gout. I think I, I don't not checking my blood work, but I had a really acute ankle arthritis last week and and treated it myself and it, and, and got it better, but. Uh, I, I check. I think we talked about this. I checked with another another paint doctor, and he agreed with my treatment. But, but uh, somebody told me today that the uh, bilberry, bilberry, uh, plant works. It just knocked his gout right out. So I just went ahead and ordered uh, uh, three months supply on Amazon. It's going to be interesting to see b i uh, l b e r r y. I'd never even heard of the fruit, but. Uh, just a just a note if you, if you if the uh, younger people there have any any uh, parents uh, who have might have gout something you might want to try and one other thing I want to say before you close is that I said this before just because you're older doesn't mean you have to be in pain I know probably have some of a younger listenership but you have you know aunts uncles fathers mothers uh, grandparents and uh, and uh, these people lot, so many people come to me with neck pain and say I didn't know you could fix that and it's yep. it's just so sad. I wish I could uh take out a full page ad in the r j every every uh, every day and say just because you're old or just because you're in pain doesn't mean you have to stay in the pain because it's yeah and somebody,
0: right exactly, and for the younger listeners that are yeah, and for the younger listeners that are listening
1: very safely in most cases
0: yeah, for the younger listeners Sorry to uh, uh to interrupt right there but um For the younger listeners that are listening, um, we all know that our moms or dads or uncles or grandparents, whoever the case might be, we all know somebody that's in pain. And you know what? Sometimes, um, you know, we have to kind of nudge them along or talk them into it. Maybe they're scared. Maybe they're, uh, they're not aware. Whatever the case might be, but sometimes it's on us to express it to them. Uh, what is out there, uh, what's available out there, and uh, just make the call to 702-257-7246. Dr. Robert O'Dell, Dr. Michael Moses from the Neuropathy and Pain Center here in Las Vegas. They'll get you set up. I have
1: a trusted colleague in Henderson, too, if you don't want to drive all the way over here. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, there's plenty of patients to go around. His name is David Smith. He's a consummate pain management doctor who's moving here from San Diego. He's had it with... uh, the situation there he's just terrific he does he does a lot of fancy procedures that i don't do i've done anesthesia for some of the, them and i refer patients to him with spinal stenosis i just put a plug in for dr smith he's uh just a, a really caring and excellent physician
0: all right. Well, there you go. We'll look forward to uh, to hearing from him, and I want to hear uh, about your experiment with the uh, with the, with the gout and the and the berry remedy. Uh, we'll pro- We'll uh, We'll keep an eye on that to see uh, uh, if uh, it was legit uh, information or not. It sounds like it was legit information.
1: It will not happen over the next three months.
0: There you go. Well, we'll find it. it's we'll, very we'll rare, keep,
1: but yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. All right. Well, hey, guys, uh, thank you so much. Enjoy your weekend. It uh, looks like it's shaping up as a beautiful one here uh, in Las Vegas. Take care of yourselves, and we will talk to you guys again next week. Thanks, Vinny. Thank you. That's Dr. Robert O'Dell and Dr. Michael Moses from the Neuropathy and Pain Center in Las Vegas again. I can't stress it enough. Call them up, 702-257-7246. They're here to help. We all know somebody that has pain issues, whatever the case might be, and we just assume sometimes uh, and wrongly uh, that, oh, well, it's just a part of getting old. I guess i got to deal with it. You don't. Call them up, 702-257-7246. Thank you so much, uh, Dr. O'Dell and Dr. Michael Moses. You're in the huddle with Vinnie bonsoir brought to you by Tequila Embajador. We'll talk to you on the other side. Interact with the show, text Vinny at 69187, or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. That goes to part of the reason why I want to come back because I
1: know this team is built to win and and ready to win and, and take that next step for a championship. So I wanted to come be a part of it.
0: Do you hear that Raider nation? Carl Joseph talking about what he sees in this Raiders team, um, that he believes it is built to win. He didn't say is building to win. Uh, and obviously it's always a process. Um, he's, he's talking about it's built to win. And, um, there's no question that offensively this team is built to win. Yes. They have to fill the right tackle spot. Um, I wouldn't be all freaked out out about about that. There's so many good tackles in this draft. Uh, Guys that play at high levels of football that are going to be able to come in here and hold down that fort uh, day one. Uh, There's also, if that's not available to the Raiders in the draft, which I'd be shocked if it wasn't, there's guys on the free agency market that they could go out and get as well. Um, This team is built to win now, and there's really no excuses. Um, Obviously, it's got to come together. Obviously, guys have to go produce. That's what it's always been about. Um, But I think that the opportunity is there. The talent is there. There's some tweaking that still needs to be done. Um, And there's plenty of time uh, to do that. But the bulk of the talent to win is available. It's there. It's on this roster. And uh, it's it's time for the Raiders to put it all together. But a guy like Carl Joseph, who went away for a year... Saw what it looked like in Cleveland, and oh, by the way, the Raiders beat the Cleveland Browns on the road. I was there. It was one of the craziest weather days I've ever been a part of. I was there in Cleveland when the Raiders beat a playoff team in the Cleveland Browns. Uh, saw them beat Kansas City. I was there at Arrowhead Stadium when they beat the Kansas City Chiefs. I uh, was there at Allegiant Stadium when they should have beat them twice and should have beat the Miami Dolphins. should have beat the, you know, the, the Chargers. Uh, they weren't ready at that point last year to win those type of games. But I'll tell you this. I go back to 2019 when I started covering the Raiders in November of 2019, late November, mid-November. And they were getting their doors blown off. And I'm looking at this team going, holy cow. Well, that wasn't happening last year. I know a loss is a loss. There's no moral victories. I get all that. But a loss isn't a loss. All losses aren't the same. All teams that have lost a certain amount of games... Uh, aren't the same it's there, there's nuance there's perspective there's context and that raider team last year there was a whole bunch of context that was needed um and and they weren't ready as a defense last year uh whether it was preparedness um whether it was inexperience in some cases talent um it just wasn't ready to come to fruition last year on the defensive side of the ball a year later I'm not sitting here saying that this is the 1985 Chicago Bears by any stretch of the imagination, but by no means. None, zero at all, and I'd be shocked if this was the case. By no means should this defense be giving up 29 points a game. Uh at all. They are better than that. They're they're uh, they're going to be better than that. And if they are marginally better, if they're giving up 22 points a game, 21 points a game, this is going to be a really interesting season for the Raiders. And I'm just saying on average. There should be games where they're giving up less than that. There should be games where they're holding teams to 15, 16 points a game. Um, there, there there, should be more of those type of days uh, in this Raiders defense, with this Raiders coaching staff now, uh, with uh, guys that are getting better, guys that are getting older, guys that are getting more mature, guys like Corey Littleton being the player that he's capable capable of being Guys like Yannick Ngakwe doing what he does, getting after the quarterback, causing turnovers. We'll see who they go get in the draft. Uh, but there's no way that this defense should be giving up 30 points a game. No way, no how. On, and it's not just hopeful talking or wishful talking. You know, I'm not a fan of the Raiders. I'm just calling it like I see it. There's too much talent on this, on this team for that to happen, for that to be the case. But we'll see. they got to do it on the field. Uh, we're going to go out to the Raider Nation listener line, and Matt is in Hoboken. Uh, Matt, how you doing, my brother?
3: Hey, Vinny, how you doing?
0: I'm doing good, thank you.
3: I, wanted, I wanted to give uh, my thoughts on the call Joseph signing. There's things that I really like about it, and there's things that that I don't like about it. So, um, the things I like about it is Call Joseph by all accounts is a great teammate. He really wants to be a Raider. He loves the organization. Uh, that was clear today in his press conference. I think he plays really hard. I think he's a lunch pail kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, And I think he's a good locker room guy. So those are all good things. As far as fit and need, um, in my opinion, and I base this on Carl Joseph's professional career mostly. Um, he's known for his tackling he's known for his his hitting he's 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 never been a guy who's been known to play that center field free safety position which is really our position in need right now he's more in the mold stylistically of a Jonathan Abram and i wonder um if he's brought in as a as an insurance to abram curious to hear your on uh, thoughts on that
0: I think he is uh, yes uh, to answer that first question yes uh, if 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 Jonathan Abram is struggling uh, next year or continuing to struggle next year I think uh, I think you have Carl Joseph uh, in tow that can you can say hey if it's not working out with Jonathan Abram uh, you know if you're the Raiders you could say we got Carl Joseph here now to to go ahead and, and plug in there um, so that's going to obviously keep Jonathan Abram on his toes uh, and that's a possibility. Uh, it could go down that path. Um, I, I'm with you. I don't think he's that center fielder that the Raiders need. Uh, I think that they still go get that guy uh, in the draft. Uh, and there's also, you know, remaining free agents out there. But I think more than likely that's somebody that they're going to go get in the draft. But where I think Carl Joseph uh, plays the biggest role is I think in in today's football, there's, there's plenty of times where there's three safeties on the field. There's plenty of times where... Uh, personal packaging means, you know, maybe taking that center field off the field, uh, and bringing in a second, you know, safety, like, like a Carl Joseph to pair with a Jonathan Abram or vice versa. There's all different, uh, you know, so many different personnel groupings, so many different ways, you know, to match up so many different ways to utilize, uh, a Carl Joseph and every, and every player that you have on the roster, uh, for that matter. So I don't think. He's the uh, end-all, be-all answer to all that, um, you know, is, is going on with the Raiders secondary. If, you know, it comes to it where they got a role with Carl Joseph and, um, and, and, and and Jonathan Abram as their starting safeties, I don't think that's the ideal situation, but it could play out that way. And if it is, I think there's a level of comfort uh, that, you know, by, from Gus Bradley that that he'll make it work, that he'll get it figured out. Um, but I, but I, but I think more likely they're going to go get somebody in the draft and they're going to, now they're going to have what's is a, uh, you know, a a more versatile, deeper, more experienced, uh, unit. You've got, you know, Jeff Heath, you've got, uh, Carl Joseph, you've got Jonathan Abram and you get, you, you got whoever you draft. So, um, I think when you look when it all comes to fruition, when all the dust settles and we see what happens in the draft, um, I, I, I tend to think that Raider Nation is going to feel a lot better about the safety position uh, than they do right now. Than they certainly did, you know, a month ago. Hopefully, that answers the question.
3: Uh, my concern was that he was he was going to be our center fielder, which I know is not his skill set.
0: Yeah, and you know, um, I, you know, so many teams, and and you know, I was I was texting with somebody um, uh, not long ago uh, about the usage. You know, it's it's everybody's playing that single high. Uh, safety look. So um, you know, I, I I don't know. I I have to I have to really go look again at how um, Gus Bradley has utilized his safeties and you know the whole center field thing and all that all all, all that type of stuff. Um, but you're right. He's he's not that guy. That's not so. I, and and here's the thing. A good coach coaches his team. Based on the talent at hand, the skill set at hand. So, if there needs to, if they go into a season where you know, hey, it's Jonathan, or even a game, let's just say Jonathan Abram and Carl Joseph are g- going to be your two, you know, safeties in this game. You have to, as a coach, get it figured out. You have to make um, adjustments. You have to, um, you know, uh, uh, utilize guys at their strengths and try to minimize at, at most. Or as much as possible, their their um, their weaknesses. Now I remember last year, and I have to check into it, so it's a good reminder to do this. But I remember Isaiah Johnson was taking some snaps uh, at safety. Um, if you remember him, he was a fourth round pick from the University of Houston in 2019. Uh, a guy that um, is long and rangy and athletic, um, and I I just think that I look at him and you know uh, watch him in practice and see how and watch how he moves around. To me, that's a guy that profiles as a safety, and uh, maybe in the break, or maybe when I have a second here, I'm gonna I'm gonna send some texts out there uh, to see if that's still in the plans. Because I remember he was cross training at safety last year. Uh, I'm wondering if in this new system, you know, maybe maybe that's a guy. Because to me, that's what you're looking for. You're looking for that that rangy kind of you know uh, good cover guy, and that's what that's what Isaiah can bring to the table, especially at that safety position. Maybe he's not. Um, suited to do it on a full-time basis at cornerback, but moving him back a little bit so he can, you know, play that position where you're taking advantage of his athletic ability, you're taking advantage of his speed, you're taking advantage of his cover uh, ability. You know, maybe maybe that's uh, a guy that you're going to see out there, you know, for the Raiders. But again, I'm with you, Matt. I, I don't think, you know, uh, that that Carl Joseph answers all the safety questions, and uh, I didn't think that. And that's why I don't think the Raiders have been in a, um, you know, in, in, with a sense of urgency to fill that position. I think there's some guys in this draft that they feel really good about. But, you know, as Demon yesterday was, was bringing up uh, and some other callers have, including you, uh, Matt, uh, as far as bringing in veterans uh, back there that can help and stabilize and be that veteran kind of presence, I think Carl Joseph certainly brings that. Um, So if you do have to bring a young guy in to be the starter, uh, a rookie at free safety, you know, you've got a veteran presence back there in Carl Joseph. And just just listening to him talk today, um, he really sounds kind of like an old soul type of a guy, Um, a guy that I think players respect. You know, a Jonathan Abram who, let's face it, I mean, Matt, you just brought it up. Is he bringing is he coming in here? To be competition for Carl for uh, for Jonathan Abram insurance for for Jonathan Abram, I'm sure on some level he is. But the fact that Jonathan and the fact that in spite of that, Jonathan Abram was the one that was talking him into coming back. I mean, doesn't that tell you something right there? Like Jonathan Abram, a isn't worried that Carl's going to come in here and take his job. So, so it shows a level of of confidence uh, that 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 Jonathan has in himself. Um, but but B the fact that Jonathan welcomes that competition, understanding that hey you know um, it might not work out you know I got to perform I have to I have to uh, prove that I can be the everyday guy back here, and if not this guy that I've been reaching out to and texting and saying hey come 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 back uh, come back to play with us might be the guy that takes my job so uh, I think it's a positive that Jonathan Abram, in spite of the fact that they quote unquote. Play the same position uh, was was reaching out to him, and and this is an important distinction as well. Teams play three safeties now uh, in today's football. The way you utilize guys, the way you line guys up, what you're asking them to do. Sometimes playing closer to the line of scrimmage. Sometimes playing that center field position. Um, you know, uh, you need you need as many capable bodies as possible. And to me, Carl Joseph, uh, you know. Um, uh, brings that brings that to the table, and and him talking today, he's gonna, he's going to do whatever is asked of him to help this team. And 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 one last thing that I that I, you know do want to say is guys do get better, guys get smarter or more experienced, I should say, and understand and see the game a little bit better. So at this stage of of Carl's career, you know maybe what you saw from him in coverage in the past isn't where he is right now uh, as far as that part of the game. Maybe a better understanding uh, of the position, a better understanding uh, of what it takes to play that kind of a safety. Uh, maybe that's, you know, working for him. And uh, maybe he's g- going to be able to bring, you know, some of that experience to the table. But, um, but you know, we'll see. And uh, we'll see if just how it all plays out. I think that draft is going to be um, super telling in how, you know, maybe what the plan is for Carl Joseph, I should say. Uh, if they don't draft to safety, which I'd kind of be shocked at this point if they did. If they don't draft to safety, maybe they just feel like, hey, uh, we'll we'll make it work. You know, uh, Gus Bradley, make it work. Uh, These are your safeties. Figure it out. Get it figured out. And and another part of that, is if it goes down that path, which I'm not saying that it will. In fact, I don't think it will. It It lets you know that, you know, what do you think? Gus Bradley's been doing. He's been he's been watching as much tape as possible uh, of these players, and I know that you know it ultimately comes down to the tape that you see on the field and in game. So he's got plenty of that to work with with Carl Joseph. He's got plenty of that to work with with a Jonathan Abram. But some of these younger guys on the team, he's got film work that he's been able to look at from the game, but also practice. Uh, they film everything in practice, and so much of uh, you know practice. Uh, evaluation is are you where you need to be are you understanding the roles are you understanding the scheme are you understanding the responsibilities and where you're supposed to be when this when the offense lines up in this look and the and the slot running back runs this kind of a route and vice and all that type of stuff so you know gus bradley has been scouring every inch of film every second of film that he can get on all of these guys and um, at some point, whatever that personnel looks like, you have to figure that, you know, Gus Bradley is, hey, this is fine. I, I've seen what I need to see from this guy, from that guy, from from that player uh, to get it done uh, and, to, and, to, and to put this thing together at a level that it needs to be at. So we'll see. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Interact with the show, text Vinny at 69187, or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. just getting back on the uh, thought of, uh, Isaiah Johnson safety, uh, that, uh, nope, he's strictly a cornerback. Um, and so, um, that is, uh, that, that, that's, that's that. And, uh, so it looks like, um, you know, the Raiders just have a vision for, for Isaiah now to, uh, to be a, to compete for, for time now, uh, at cornerback. And we'll see what happens with young, uh, Isaiah Johnson. I know that, you know, he missed his rookie year basically, um, with a pretty serious face injury, and there was a back uh, injury that, that he needed to get cleaned up. Um, had some moments last year, if we remember the Los Angeles Chargers game in LA, uh, he got tested twice uh, at the end of the game in end zone situations, and and uh, and, and and got the job done, saved the day basically. Uh, but he is uh, not uh, being looked at uh, in any kind of way as a, uh, as, a as a safety. So uh, when you're talking about the Raiders safety population, uh, Jonathan Abram uh um Carl Joseph, right? Uh Jeff Heath, Dalen Levitt. And that's basically it. Those are the returning players um from from that um uh, from that safety group. Uh so you know we'll see where it goes from here, but uh, I don't think there's any doubt um at this point that there's a safety coming uh, if, uh most likely from the draft and I would think that that's probably going to yield the uh, the starter at free safety, and I think you fill in uh, from from beyond that. And I think that Carl Joseph gives you a lot of flexibility at both safety positions, um, but he also has the ability to be utilized, um, you know, as a football player uh, in, in in certain packages. And uh, I think that that's what you're going to uh, ultimately see. I'm taking a look again at the uh, at the Raiders secondary. Make sure I'm not. Uh, missing anybody? I know they brought in somebody from um, uh, Rashad uh, Galden is is on the roster, um, and uh, Jeff Heath, Jonathan Abram, Carl Joseph, Rashawn Galden and uh, uh, Dalen Levitt. So that's those are your safeties as of right now. But things change obviously, and I expect that there's going to be a a change coming. Uh, uh, you know, once the draft. Uh, is is upon us, and I would think it's going to be pretty early uh, that the Raiders, you know, uh, make a pick at, at, at safety. Maybe now, you know, because there's not as much urgency. Uh, maybe it doesn't happen in the second round. Maybe it's the, that third round. Uh, drafts have a funny way of playing out. What we think is going to happen often isn't the case. Uh, so, you know, if you look at if you look at safety and and some of the you know names that we've been banding about uh, the. Javon Hollins, the, um, you know, Chevin Moreg from, from TCU. Uh, you've got uh, Richie Grant from um, University of Central Florida. Uh, you got Andre Sisco from Syracuse, who's a really interesting prospect, kind of a guy that if you're talking about making things happen, Andre Sisco making things happen, sometimes uh, not in the right way. But a lot of time, definitely in the right way. This guy was a interception machine when he was on the field uh, at Syracuse. And what do the Raiders need? What have we talked about so much? Um, what have we stressed time and time again, whether it was uh, last year through, uh, through some tough losses and, and into this offseason? The Raiders need to cause turnovers. They need to figure out a way to turn the ball over defensively. Get the ball back to your offense in favorable, more favorable field positions. Get the ball back to the offense uh, to let the offense do what they do. Uh, that sometimes comes in stops, you know, forcing a team to punt. We all understand that. But, man, how many times have you seen in a football game um, that a game changes on a dime uh, because of a key interception that gets returned 30 yards and, and all of a sudden the momentum shifts you know, takes off one helmet and puts on another, right? How many times have we seen uh, a strip sack uh, that a linebacker picks up the ball and is running in the opposite direction for a touchdown, taking it to the house, uh, or you know, uh, or 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 into the red zone? How many times have we seen that across the NFL, and how many how few times have we seen that with the Raiders uh, these last couple of years? The Raiders have to get to a point uh, where they're defense can be counted on uh, to do that it takes it's it's not just happenstance it's not just luck there are guys that are built to be that that type of player there's guys that understand the timeliness um, you know focusing in on swiping the ball a big hit that leads to a, a fumble um, or, you know uh, 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 being able to to come back come come out a quarterback, whether um, you're facing him or whether he's got your back to you and punching the ball out or swiping at it uh, to knock the ball loose when you're going in for a, uh, a sack, tipping the ball uh, as a linebacker, tipping it up or, or a defensive lineman so that, you know, all of a sudden the cornerback uh, or a safety or a linebacker is coming up with the ball uh, that's you know now spinning up in the air uh, go find it go get it go go make a turn you know go make a big play right here be Johnny on the spot and come up with a turnover um, a jarring hit from your safety as the ball um, is 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 uh, is arriving at the wide receiver and being timely uh, and having a sense of, of timeliness and timing it just right so that all of a sudden there goes the ball spiraling up in the air. Now go get it. Who's going to go get the ball? Who's going to fall on the ball when it's on the ground after a fumble? How many times have we seen that with the Raiders, where the ball is just spinning around forever and the other team you know, uh, re- uh, regains it? Uh, it's a fumble but not a fumble recovery. Uh, those are backbreakers. How many times have we seen uh, an interception go right through the arms uh, of a Raiders defensive back that could have changed the game? The course of the game. All of a sudden, uh, you know, you, you don't come up with the with the turnover, and now the offense has another chance uh, at a play, and they score a touchdown, or they keep the drive going. That goes for a touchdown. Those are killers during the during the course of a game, and um, there is an art form. There's a skill involved in being defensive players that are able to make that happen and make those type of plays. Um, We've seen it, and um, it's kind of what the Raiders need right now a little bit more of. I think Jonathan Abram can actually be a guy like that. He just has to harness it a little bit more and play smarter and understand you're not going to make that big play every single play. You need to pick your moments because if you're over-aggressive, it works the opposite way, and there were times when he was a little bit over-aggressive. Now, you know, in Jonathan Abrams, you know, defense. He was still learning on the job last year. He missed his entire rookie year, basically, um, in, in in 2019 uh, because of an injury. So, uh, the skill is there. The big play ability is there. He just needs to rein it in a little bit uh, and be more efficient and pick and choose those moments where he's going to just go for it. <laughs> Uh, And I think if you get to that point and that's going to a lot of that's going to be on him. Obviously, a lot of it's going to be on Gus Bradley and Ron Milas, secondary coach. But if you can get to that point, you know, then you have a really good football player on your hands. Hey, I just want to say thank you to all the listeners, all the callers, all the guests this week. It was a great week. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. You're why we do this to all the listeners and all the callers. Um, Thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts. uh, We thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Can't wait to get back at it on Monday. We'll see what happens between these next couple of days. Uh, It's a never a dull moment uh, in Raider Nation. We all know that. But we'll be back at it uh, to talk about it on Monday from 4 to 6 p.m. DeMond Cotton, thanks for all the great work that you've done this week and continue to do and always do. We appreciate you. Thank you to uh, Tequila and Baja for being the great sponsor that they are. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you again on Monday, 4 to 6 p.m. in the Huddle, Mini Monsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Bonnet.